morning to you guys. Thank you for being brave and knowing that you wouldn't melt if you went outside. And so uh, we're glad you guys are here. If you're watching online, uh, we are glad you are watching online today as well. So you guys, she said in the announcement video, next weekend after each service, there'll be a cookout out in the parking lot. We'll have hot dogs and smoked sausages and stuff, and that's just something you can grab and go. But it's a fundraiser for our youth trips this summer, and so if you want to participate in that. And then, like she said, no services on July 6th. Uh, and so we're giving our volunteers and staff kind of that week uh, as a holiday week, and then we'll resume services on the 9th. And then Thursday services, just a reminder, we have those moving forward, and those are fun. If you haven't been on Thursday, it's a lot of fun, and so uh, make sure you check one of those out if you have weekend plans coming up in the next couple months with summer and everything going on. And so we are uh, continuing our Pilled series, and so today the topic we're talking about is something that uh, we don't talk about a lot. Uh, in fact, I don't know if I've really ever heard too many sermons about this topic, uh, but it's a really important one. And to start it, we're going to remind ourselves of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12. Uh, we open with this kind of verse in week one, and it says this, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. So the tree he's talking about is not a tree, it's a metaphor for us as people. And so um, if a tree or a person is good, then you'll kind of see this good fruit come from this person. If a tree is bad, then, then you kind of see some of these negative things coming from it. And then he goes on and he says in Matthew 7, he says, Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. And so this is true, that we know this, is that actions are always greater than words, uh, we judge the character of a person not based on what they say, but based on what they do. And so this is something that we all know. It's a truth in life. Um, and so what we're talking about today, this word, it was a TV show that kind of changed the game uh, because the word we're going to talk about is something that kind of seems to be dying in our culture and our society. But there was a show that popped up a couple years ago. Uh, and if you've been around or listened to the podcast or you've been around me at all in the last three years, uh, you've probably heard me reference this show. And the show is a show called Ted Lasso, all right? And so Ted Lasso um, is this show that popped up a couple years ago. And if you haven't watched it, it is a show about soccer, which I love soccer. I know most Americans don't, but you should. And it's the world's most popular sport. And so uh, in this show, it's a football coach, like an American football coach, college coach, that gets hired to go coach a soccer team, as we refer to it, uh, what they would refer to as a football team. If you didn't know, everybody else calls football soccer, okay, we are just Americans and we do what we want, so we call it soccer. So, um, so in this show, there's this guy and he gets hired. Now, he gets hired into this show or into this position as this coach of the AFC Richmond team, and he gets hired kind of in this kind of plot twist where the, the woman that hires him is actually wanting him to fail. That's why she hires a football coach and not a soccer coach. And at the very beginning of the show, episode one, you see this guy, Ted Lasso, he faces all kinds of controversies, tension, difficult people, and situations. And this show is a show about soccer, but it's more a show about people and kind of the, the way that we treat each other and, and the unkindness that we have towards people. And yet this guy, Ted Lasso, he faces everything he faces, including the difficult people, with kindness and grace. And over and over again, over the course of the three seasons, we see what gets referred to as the lasso way. And in fact, Apple even did this big promo, and it said, kindness makes a comeback. And in this show, over the course of three seasons, this guy, Ted Lasso, this coach, he starts to change the hearts and the minds of everyone around him. 
In light of everything he faces, he never stoops to the level of the people trying to hurt him or to get to him. He remains kind to everyone, even when people are not being kind to him. Now, for some people, if you've watched this show, this this character, Ted Lasso, it's taken on a bigger persona than even in in the show. In fact, it sparked all kinds of kind of conversations about this idea of people being kind. And if you, you Google it, you'll see all kinds of psychologists and sociologists that reference this show about a man who continues to be kind to people and eventually change the hearts and minds of the people around him. So when you think of this word kindness... Let me ask you a couple questions. What comes to mind? So maybe if you watch the show, you think of Ted Lasso, or maybe what you think is the kindness, you think of an encouraging note sent by a friend, or someone who is a shoulder to cry on when you face some kind of issue in life, or maybe you think of kindness, you go back to your youth, and you think of your, your mom making fresh chocolate chip cookies, or uh, maybe making your favorite meal during a rough season or a rough day in life, and so what comes to mind? Or maybe a better question is not what comes to mind, but who comes to mind. Maybe it's a a grandparent, or maybe it's a teacher or a counselor that took an interest in you and was kind to you as a child. Maybe for for most of us that kind of grew up on this, we think of Mr. Rogers, right, and the kindness of him. For me, it was was a guy uh, that that I grew up around. His name was um, Brother Paul. I don't actually know his real name. I always referred to him as Brother Paul. I do know his first name was Paul, but his name was Brother Paul, and he worked at uh, the church that I grew up at. And I don't even actually know what his job was. Uh, He was just always there, and he had an office, and he was always smiling and encouraging to people. Uh, He was one of the kindest men that I've ever met. Uh, he was also a clown, and like not the scary kind, but like a fun kind. And, and so like at VBS and stuff, he would wear his clown costume and, and make balloons for people and all that. But one of the memories I have from when I was growing up, when I was in about fourth or fifth grade, I was in Sunday school class. Uh, his name was Miss Wanda Hardwick. And um, she was, a, she, so this is the bad part of me. Um, she taught Sunday school for like 35 years at our church. And then there was a group of us. Uh, it was Chris Keith and Phil Montgomery, myself, and Joel Pittard. And we were kind of in her class all at the same time. Um, she stopped teaching Sunday school after us. And uh, so that's not a good story. But anyway, when I was about fourth or fifth grade, I remember we, she, I went to the bathroom. We would always do that. Can I go to the bathroom and go and like hang out in the gym and stuff like that? We were not good kids. And uh, so there was this Coke machine at the bottom of the stairs and we would sneak out and go because they had cherry Coke in the Coke machine. And that was like the greatest thing. So we'd get cherry Coke. Well, one week there was a fire extinguisher that had always been next to the Coke machine. And I thought, you know, it would be really funny if I took this fire extinguisher back up to the classroom and like told everybody there was a fire in the gym and like pretended to set the fire extinguisher off, right? Well, I pretended to set the fire extinguisher off. The only problem is my pretending wasn't pretending, it was real. And I set the fire extinguisher off in my fourth grade Sunday school class, um, which was not good. And Miss Wanda was very upset, as you could imagine. And so she sent me to go talk to somebody, and our children's minister and our youth minister were unavailable, so I remember I had to go talk to Brother Paul. Now, I remember it wasn't as big of a deal as maybe some people thought, but I remember going to Brother Paul's office and him sitting down with me, and he was so kind, even though he needed to correct me for what I had done. And so whoever it is that you think about, maybe it includes this idea of these kind of warm, fuzzy feelings when you picture somebody or someone that's been kind to you. Kindness just kind of does that. It kind of makes us feel good. 
But in the world that we live in, kindness seems to be kind of this shrinking value. We live in a world of I'm going to get mine, or maybe we live in a world of this survival of the fittest mentality where we're going to get what's coming to us. And as long as it's beneficial to us, we don't worry how it affects other people. Or even if we do kind of have this exchange of kindness, a lot of the kindness that we display to people is kind of this I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine kind of mentality. Like we'll do the nice things, we'll do the kind things, but only because we know this person might do something kind back to us. So kindness is this fruit that Paul tells us about that is this way in which Christians should be acting, not only in the world that we involve ourselves in, but also to kind of understand that God is working in our life. Now, we need to make a clarification about kindness because it gets a bad rap sometimes. And the first thing we have to clarify is that niceness and kindness are two different things. And there's actually a big difference. And the other thing about kindness is, and this is good, and I think we should continue to do stuff of this, but kindness is not about randomness. So we have this expression like random acts of kindness. And there's actually even like a random act of kindness day. It's February 17th, if you didn't know. And so uh, there's like this idea where, and maybe you've seen this, like there's videos that have gone viral about like where somebody will like pay for somebody's coffee at Starbucks and then they'll pay for the person behind them. They'll pay for the person behind them. And then eventually you get to some jerk and they're like, oh, free coffee. And then they just pull off, you know, but we had to have these things or, or maybe it's like this mentality of like, you see your neighbors like garbage cans that have blown into the street or the garbage van. So you stop and you put them so nothing happens or you see something that needs to be done. And so you do this kind of random act of kindness and those are good and we should do those. But what you have to know about kindness in its true sense is that kindness is not meant to be random and it's also not meant to be accidental. It's intentional. Kindness is this word that we see pop up over and over again in the scriptures, and both Old and New Testament are plentiful with this idea of being kind to people. What I found was interesting is the word niceness doesn't appear in the Bible once. Kindness is about this idea of being brave and fearless sometimes and doing the right thing and doing the good thing, even if it doesn't benefit you. Kindness is also, I think this is where it gets a bad rap, is not passive. We think of people that are kind sometimes as being passive, and the ultimate example of kindness was Jesus. And just in case you haven't read the scriptures, Jesus was never passive in anything. So the reason this is important is because niceness um, is kind of like kindness minus conviction. And, and the reason I want to make a distinction is because niceness is about being polit- polite and polit- politically correct. We've all learned how to be nice to people. Okay, We've all learned how to fake it sometimes. Niceness is often circumstantial, but kindness is actually a way of life. Kindness is this beautiful mix of generosity, compassion, grace, and truth. Kindness in its truest form is a disposition that we have in life. And I also believe it's the most effective way to show the world kind of the love of Jesus. And the scripture kind of backs that up with this idea of being kind to people. Now, the reason this is important, in case you haven't seen it recently, uh, Christianity has kind of had a PR problem, all right? Um, In fact, there's some shows on right now, if you haven't seen them, Shiny Happy People, and there's a Hillsong documentary, and and then on top of that, there's all this um, evidence out there that, that for a lot of people, when they view Christians, they have a lot of words they would use to describe us, and kind is not often one of them. In fact, the reputation that a lot of us have is for being judgmental and self-righteous and hateful and mean-spirited. 
In fact, some people would say sometimes that Christians are unkind. And what's crazy about it is is you might be like, okay, well, we're unkind sometimes to people that have a different worldview or that are hostile towards us. But the biggest problem right now is that Christianity has this PR issue of that we're unkind to ourselves, people that attend our churches and people that believe the same things, people that are on the same team as us. And it's interesting when we think about that, this idea is because as we've seen over and over again, and Jesus even kind of said, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, we're supposed to be known for our love, our compassion, and our kindness. But yet so often we have this view of being unkind. But it's not just our unkindness that bothers people. Sometimes it's our indifference to the world around us. It's our indifference to the suffering and the hurting of people. All right, and so like, you know, you teach your kids when, when you're, they're young, hopefully you teach your kids this, that they should be kind to each other, right? We teach that to kids. Um, but then as adults, it's like, well, that's a, that's a kid lesson, right, about being kind. And as adults, we hide behind our smartphones and feel entitled to yell at people across the internet and comment and say and text things. Or as we've talked about before last week with patients, we're, we're tempted to tell kids to be kind, but then we go to a restaurant and scold our server because our tea glasses get empty and they aren't filled fast enough. Or maybe we teach our kids to be kind, but then we turn a blind eye to a person struggling or someone that could use a hand or some help. You ever had that before? Um, my kids, my sons especially, uh, he picks up on this. And, and I remember we were on vacation a couple years ago and we were walking past this guy and you see kind of this, you know, a beggar on the street and, you know, and, and so what do we do? We kind of pretend like we don't see them or like we'll do the temptation of like walking kind of like that outside loop around them or being like, oh, we need to cross the street all of a sudden, you know, and doing this. And I remember my son, you know, the innocence of a kid was like, hey, dad, do we have any money to give that guy? And I remember like, unless he takes Apple Pay, no. But, you know, uh, I don't ever carry cash. But it was just like this mentality or we isolate ourselves from the needy and hurting people in our community. Or maybe sometimes we see someone being treated unfairly, yet we sit back and do nothing. I think one of the things culturally that, that irritates me that I've seen quite frequently, and maybe you've seen this if you ever get on, and I don't do a lot of social media, but I've seen it on like Twitter and stuff where you have videos of someone being abused or picked on or beat up, and, and rather than anybody step in and help, they're all filming it, right? This is an unkind act. Or we see somebody being belittled, and rather than step in and say something, because this is, after all, a human being, who's creating the image of God, we just look the other way. We have to remind ourselves that the Bible says that whatever you did for the least of these, and this is Jesus saying this, my brothers and sisters, you did for me. And so sometimes our unkindness extends to our indifference in the world where we see people that are hurting or in need and we just choose not to get involved. See, I interpret that verse as meaning that God is paying attention to how we treat people in our lives, the weak and the meek and the less fortunate. So again, kindness is not some random act. Kindness is also, and this is where niceness, kindness is also not passive aggressive. You ever been nice to somebody in a passive aggressive way? Yeah? It's not kindness. Kindness is also not showing any type of leverage over the person or lording your kindness over them. One of my favorite quotes comes from Andy Stanley. He says this, Kindness is loaning someone your strength instead of reminding them of their weakness. 
And so what does God say about kindness? So we've referenced this. So this mindset of kindness. So in Philippians 2, 3 and 4, it says this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And so this is kind of the setup for this kindness mentality is, is that it's very easy for us to only think about ourselves. It's very easy for us to be like, well, I didn't see that person or I, I wasn't paying attention to that. And that's true sometimes, but it's also true because sometimes we're only thinking about ourselves and the world that we see. And then I love this verse, how it ends, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others as well. Kindness is humbly giving of ourselves in love and mercy to others. And the hard part of this teaching of being kind to people um, is it's giving love and mercy to others who may not be able to give anything back. And maybe sometimes the people that we're supposed to be kind to, and this is where we're going today, is people that don't deserve it. You ever met somebody and you could be kind to them, but they don't deserve it? Or, or maybe it's this idea that we're, we're kind to people, but we got burnt out on it because we never saw the gratitude given back to us. One of my biggest pet peeves, and, and this shouldn't be because it shows something wrong in me, not with them, but um, you ever done something for somebody and they don't say thank you? Doesn't that just drive you crazy? But the reality is, is that's an us problem. Kindness is this way of doing things and, and leading to doing others for things, even if they can't pay you back or don't pay you back. There's this great story of Jesus where he goes and he heals these 10 lepers. And if you remember this story, only one of them comes back to show their gratitude. If I was Jesus in that moment, I would have lost my stuff, right? But there's that golden rule, again, that we should treat others the way that we want to be treated. And this is the thing about kindness, again, just like patience last week. We expect people to be kind to us, but we don't often offer that back to other people. Love, as we talked about and we started this series, is kind of this guiding line. And so last week we saw that in the famous 1 Corinthians 13 chapter, the first word, idea and description of love is that love is patient. Well, guess what the second description of love is? Love is is kind. And so why does God want us to demonstrate kindness? And, and the reality is, is this ongoing kind of story of the idea of that God wants us to become like him. That's the whole idea is that we, we come to faith in Jesus, we, we get saved, but then our, our goal is to grow and to become more the people that he wants us to be and more like him. So this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. It says, imitate there God, God therefore in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And so this verse, it says that the reason that we do these things is because we're wanting to become more like God. And this is what God's desire is for us, to live a life filled with love. And as we've seen, love is kind and following the example of of Christ. And so what does that mean? So let's talk about the kindness of Christ. So there's this great story in the very beginning of Jesus' ministry where he's standing on this cliff and he's looking out over the city and the city has all kinds of problems and hurt people and broken people just like everywhere you'd expect to see. And he looks out on, on this, this city and, and there's this great idea that the scriptures tell us that when Jesus sees all of these hurting people, he has compassion for them. 
And he had like this great line where he sees that these people are like sheep without a shepherd and he needs people to go in and to love these people and to minister to these people and to be kind to these people. And it's a good picture of the way that, that God sees all of us, that God saw a lot of hurt and broken people, people in despair. He saw people um, with no hope and hurting. And so he sends Jesus into this world. He sends Jesus into our lives. He sends his son. And the reality is, and this is the hard part, is that no one really deserved this kindness. We often blame God or the devil or whatever we blame for the broken and hurtingness in this world and in our lives. But if we're really, really honest, we've done a pretty good job, haven't we, at causing that? A lot of the problem and pain that we experience in life are no other excuse other than to say that we brought that on or we surrounded ourselves with people that brought that on or because of the conflicts that often we've created. But thankfully, God didn't treat us like we deserved. And so here's what it says in Titus. At one time, you were foolish, disobedient, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. When the kindness and love of God appeared through Jesus, he saved us. And so this is this reminder and even this idea that it's not because of things that we have done or because we're so awesome or so great. It's all because of his mercy and kindness. And so we often deceive ourselves in life and we think that it's all about us and what we can get and all of this. But then there's these reminders that we're to be kind and look out for the help of the sake of other people. And that ego and pride and all these unhealthy views of ourselves and the world around us. He goes on to say in Ephesians 4, 32, it says, Be kind and loving to each other and forgive each other just as God forgave you in Christ. And so again, this reminder that the reason we're kind is because God has been so kind to us. In verse 31, in that same kind of section, it says, Do not be bitter or angry or mad, which is our temptation. Never shout angrily or say evil things to hurt each other, which is our temptation, and never do anything in evil. And so it's like this contrast of we, we should do this, and then we should not do this. These are clearly traits that God wants his chosen people, us, and we are these tools that God uses in this world. In fact, there's even this like, great reminder that Jesus gives us that we're the light of the world. Well, what does the light do? Light shines in the darkness. It illuminates things. It shows and exposes things. Then he says we're the salt of the earth. And what does salt do? Salt makes things better. Salt preserves things. And the way that we're light in this world is through our kindness. And the way that we preserve things and make things better, again, is through our kindness. Now, it's easy to say this. It's much harder to do this. And the reason it's so hard to do this is we've talked about endlessly is because people are difficult. But as we keep saying and reminding you, the good news is you're people, so you're difficult. So we're talking about all of us, okay? We're all difficult. And one of the hardest ideas is to go and to be kind to people that we don't think deserve it, or people that might not say thank you back to us, or people even again that maybe we feel like this is not going to be a good thing. So let me remind you of what Jesus tells us. And he says this in Luke chapter 6. But love your enemies, do good for them, 
and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. That's terrible sounding, isn't it? Like that, I mean, just to be honest, doesn't that sound terrible? But again, if we're only doing it because of our own strength and our own power and our own worldview, then we're never going to do this. But listen to what he goes on to say. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, and be merciful just as your father is merciful. Now, I love this verse for, for this reason. It says, because he is kind to the ungrateful. Now, the reason that we're often not kind to people is because the temptation is, in our minds, is that they're not going to be grateful for the kindness we've extended to them. And, and the reason this is so important is because Jesus reminds us that God is kind to the ungrateful. Now, don't raise your hands. But isn't it true that there's been many times that God has blessed us and given to us and we're ungrateful for it, right? I mean, some of us, like, we're like, oh, thanks for the baptism thing. Thanks for the salvation thing. But I'm just going to do things however I want to do them, whenever I want to do them. Again, we've talked about this before. Everybody has a choice on whether you follow Jesus. You don't get to choose what that looks like if you make that choice. And so Jesus has been so kind and God has been so kind to us even though many of us me included at times are ungrateful all right and so this is something that seems illogical and we get it but this is the way of Jesus now there, there's another angle to all this thing and, and so here, here's what we need to talk about so um why don't we lie about people like you've ever thought about that like the, the bible says not to lie about people or to lie to people the Bible talks about this idea of not gossiping about people, and it talks about this idea that we shouldn't mistreat people and we shouldn't talk down to people, right? And so have you ever like stopped and thought, like, why does the Bible tell us not to lie, not to gossip, not to mistreat, not to talk down, or to belittle people? Have you ever thought about that? Now, the first response, if you grew up in Sunday school, uh, is this, well, because it's a sin, right? And that's the response. It's because it's a sin. And, and that's part of the story, Okay. That's part of the story that we shouldn't do that because, yeah, it, it's a sin. But if you ever ask the deeper question, well, why is that a sin? And the reason that it's a sin is because when we lie and we gossip and we mistreat people and we belittle people, and maybe just for fun we're indifferent to the suffering and the hurting of people in the world, Maybe the reason God takes it so seriously is because when you lie, gossip, mistreat, ignore hurting people, what you're doing in that situation is you're actually hurting people. And kind people don't hurt people. See, God loves the world, and that includes the people. And so we always thought the reason we don't do this is because it hurts God. And God would be like, no, the reason you don't do this is because it hurts the people around you. And kind people who are my people, who are my children, as he says, don't hurt people. Now, when it comes to kindness, um, here's what you have to know. It's just like patience. Um, kindness is a growth process. Okay, so none of us in this room can go like, all right, you know what, I should be more kind, like hold your breath and think about it for 10 seconds, and then all of a sudden you're going to be a kind person. doesn't work like that, right? Nobody's going to wake up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden be Ted Lasso, as much as you might want to be, because he does have a sweet mustache. But none of us in this room are going to be able to do that. 
So that's why I think that it's a fruit. And I love this reminder of all of these things that they're fruit. And Paul may not have meant to, to do this, but here's what we know about fruit. Fruit takes time, doesn't it? It takes time to grow. And so just like that, it's going to take time to grow. And the other side of this is even with our best intentions, we're going to fail if we rely on our own strength. That's why it's going to take a lot of Jesus reminding us, okay? And I love this verse in John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's this great reminder again, I think, that if we're just going to go out and try to be kind to an unkind world on our own, it's going to fail. We're not going to be able to do it. You're going to get so impatient so fast. But if we stay connected to Jesus, then we may just be able to do that. And so how do we demonstrate more kindness? All right. So again, kindness is this attitude, it's this disposition. So a couple little things. I was reading some articles this week and, and kind of kind of getting this thing because um, kindness is something that we all, me included, have to get better at. And so some pointers and some ideas that I picked up from some articles and some different books that I read was um, one of the things is that you can smile more, um, that you can smile at people more. Um, I, we live in a world, and it seems to be a guy thing. Um, we don't smile, do we? Like very often. But you can smile more. Um, you can actually say hi to someone. Uh, believe it or not, that's actually like a, a way to say hi to someone. Ask them their name. Shake their hand for you weirdos that hug. You can do that as well. But, um, you know, you can do that type of thing. Um, you can actually, this is, this is a big one. I, I never thought, you can actually listen to people. You know, you ever talk to somebody and like you leave the conversation and after you leave it, you realize you have no idea what they just said because you weren't even listening. You were just ready to move on to the next thing. So you can actually listen to people. One of the things they talked about was celebrating people more and celebrating accomplishments of people more. You know, people love to talk about themselves. People love when we acknowledge when they've done great things and good things. See, I'm coming from that mindset, and my staff will tell you this. Like, we'll have, like, these big events, and we'll do really well at them, and, and we'll have our staff meeting, and I'll be like, so how did that go? And they'll be like, good. And I'll be like, well, good, okay, and we'll move on. Because in my mind, it's like, you did your job. Good job. Thanks for doing that. But, but, you know, we have to celebrate people more, and this is a way to be kind to people. One of the biggest things I picked up on was that you have to be willing to people give people your time. And that is one of our highest commodities is our time. You know, you ever talk to somebody, and we do this, I just did this with like probably 15 of you guys out in the lobby, you'll walk past somebody, you'll be like, hey, how are you doing? Good, I'm good, and then you just walk on. And so sometimes we have to learn that, that people really aren't good sometimes, and they're actually struggling. And the reason that we just have these quick exchanges is because that's what our culture expects. It's, a, it's an attitude of unkindness, but we need to be kind towards people. A couple months ago, um, I was working out of Starbucks, and uh, I do not tell you this story to act like a saint because I can promise you I'm not, and I can promise you this is not the norm that I do this. But a couple months ago, I was working out of Starbucks, and I was working on some sermon stuff, and there was a lady sitting at the table across from me, um, and she was upset, clearly upset, and uh, she kept getting on the phone and making phone calls and getting off of them, and so I could kind of hear some of the stuff. So um, my move in that moment as a pastor, because I'm so high and mighty, was to put my earbuds in so I could pretend like I wasn't paying attention, right? Now, I put my earbuds in, and she keeps talking on the phone and clearly upset. And uh, so I'm sitting there, and I'm going, okay, what do I do here? Like, this woman is really upset. Like, she's crying and, and upset. 
So my first thought was, well, if I go and I talk to her, like, will this be viewed as inappropriate? Like, there's some people that come to Journey that work at Starbucks and always see people in there. I'm like, if I'm sitting at this table with this lady and it, would this be viewed as appropriate, inappropriate to talk to her? And I was like, well, uh, no, because it's not, okay, she's upset. I'm just talking to her. I'm a pastor. I got to get past that. But then the second one, and I'll be honest, this is a true thought that I had. The second reason I almost didn't say anything to her was because I stopped and I said, I'm working on my sermons. I'm doing ministry right now. So I don't have time to engage this woman because I'm doing ministry. I'm going doing ministry so I don't have time to help this hurting person. Like, think about that. So then I realized I'm a terrible person. So I took out my earbuds and I said, hey, are you okay? And she said, yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, well doesn't look like you're fine like you know do you want to talk about it and she was like no I just kind of going through this stuff and so she kind of unpacked a little bit of it but pretty surface level stuff and and so um I finally said okay look I, I can tell you're upset I said is it okay if I pray for you and she said no and she threw her coffee down and walked out no she didn't do that she was like of course you can pray people will let you pray for them like even people that don't like God will let you pray for them that's a Twitter for all of you all so I said can I pray for you and she said yes so I just said this simple little prayer for her I got up and left never seen the woman since don't know how the situation handed out but for a few moments I was able to be kind to this lady and that's one of the things that I, I'm learning about kindness is maybe in that moment I planted a seed that I may not never know what happened, but just taking that time. And I can tell you, her, 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 her attitude and disposition went from tearful to she was just glad that somebody acknowledged that she was there. So sometimes kindness is about making time in your day or in your daily schedule or in your routine to do this. And so there's also some abilities and some things that come with it. And, and see, here's where I think about kindness for a lot of us, and I've got to wrap up, is it's not about opportunity. There are all kinds of opportunities all day long to be kind to people. It's about availability. Are you available to the opportunities around you to be kind to people? And that's why it's not random. It's about your mentality and your disposition. So a couple of things that can happen be by being kind to people. It helps you connect in a positive way with friends and families and the people around you, including your community. Um, our, our acts of kindness might inspire other people to be kind. Our act may touch someone else who reacts kindly to someone else, and it can set off a chain of kindness in our community and in the places we work and the people we engage with. Acts of kindness towards others less fortunate can actually help make us more grateful for what we actually have. It can give us an awareness of all the blessings that we have in our life when we see and are able to help other people. There's actually even studies out there that, that kindness can make you healthier. It can lead to less stress and anxiety in your life when you learn to be kind towards others. And lastly, here's what I want to say. What I have learned, even in that moment a couple weeks ago at Starbucks, is it takes such little effort sometimes. I did the bare minimum to make someone feel a bit more loved and accepted and appreciated and celebrated. As human beings, it is our place to bring people in from the fringes. But as Christians, it's our duty. It's our call. You never know the impact you're making on someone's life just by showing them some kindness. For them, you might be the difference in your words or you're in your time or in your um, attitude towards them. You might be the difference between success and failure, holding on or giving up. 
Jesus lived this life of, of peacemaking and loving people. I mean, he showed us it's authentic and not just self-serving. And I do believe that we should not sell kindness short. Because I do believe kindness has the ability to change things. I believe it can be the path to making us stronger leaders, better neighbors, healthier husbands, better mothers, truer friends, more effective coworkers, and faithful disciples. Again, kindness isn't just about being nice. Kindness is a beautiful mix of generosity, compassion, grace, and truth. And we have no clue what God can do with our kindness. It could impact someone in ways we never know. And our simple acts of kindness could completely change someone's perspective. It can make someone that feels hopeless feel some hope for the first time. And our acts of kindness can be a light in a world that is often hostile and indifferent. And... The reality is that being kind can change you and change me. And it can be a light in this world. It can be hope in this world. And the reality is, if you've been paying attention, we definitely need more of that right now. People being kind. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for your word, God. And I just pray that all of us will... Um, ask some serious questions of ourselves and our motives at times. And, and God, just learn to be kind. Kind to the people around us. And God, we do this because it's the right thing to do, but we do it more importantly because it's what's been demonstrated to us. It's what's been shown to us by you. The kindness, the patience, the grace, the mercy you've extended to every single one in this room or listening, including myself. And so God, my prayer is that we just don't make this a one-off or just a, well, we had to get through it talk. But we actually ask ourselves some real questions about our willingness to participate in the type of world that you're wanting to create. And maybe that world is set off by just acts of kindness and more people being kind to each other and generous to each other with our time, with our attitudes, with our abilities, with our resources. And God, may we always remember that the source of all of that is how kind and loving you've been to us. So we love you, and we thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Every week we come to this time where we celebrate the hope